a guest speaker, internationally known. He travels 1,000 days every year. Just think about that. It's really intense. Uh, it is amazing to be in a church with so many men of God who uh, have done so many awesome things and who have uh, such uh, diverse anointings. And uh, so it's, it's really great to, to be a part of a family like this and have fathers um, in our lives who can uh, help us to grow and help the church to grow uh, even while we're, we're continuing on our own individual journeys. So uh, this man has uh, spread this message, spread uh, his different life message, one of the, them being um, how much God loves us as a father. So I would like to introduce one of our spiritual fathers in this house, Doug Easterday. Good morning. Daniel, could you stand? I wonder if there's anything you would like to thank today. those that didn't hear that, it was nine years ago today that Jim saved Danny's life by donating a kidney, excuse me, donating a kidney. That was nine years ago today. So. have a hectic week? Anybody besides me? Anybody feel like you're being going several different directions all at once and your body seems only wants to go one? <laughs> well, I'd just like us to stop for a second. Just world stop. Let's close our eyes if we could, please. And put ourselves in a place of receptivity to what the Lord would want to say to you today. Just put aside for a few moments those things that would ask for your time and attention and your energies and just lay them down for the next half hour or three hours. <laughs> and just say, Lord, okay, I want to receive that which you have for me. And Lord, I acknowledge today if anything good happens, it'll be because you do it. We don't have a plan, a recipe, the methodology of anything that's fabulous. We just and only have you, and that's all we need. So come, Spirit of God, and do that which is on your heart, because that is certainly what we want to receive. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you like change? 
How many like change? How many don't like change? Whoa. There's, a, there's two basic attitudes toward change. We love it and we just change because change is fun. We change because let's just change. We might not need anything, but it's just we go home different ways. We, you know, we, you know, just change for change's sake. And the other attitude is not only don't like it, we avoid it. Because change can be a threat. But if we're going to walk in what God has been speaking to us a body, as a body, and what God is speaking to the leaders in the future, we're going to have to change something to walk in it. Can you say amen to that? I'm sure you've all heard the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing what we've always done the same way and expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. There is a rightful need for us to change. We moved here just about 24 years ago. And when I moved here, there was two guys on leadership here that had green pickup trucks. And you've probably heard John tell you stories about old Greeny. Well, Red also had a green pickup truck that I think Christopher Columbus brought with him <laughs> when he came to the United States. To say that it's old is not really strong enough words. Well, Red holds on to vehicles until the sucker died. And in fact, it went beyond death. It went like, let's put the thing out of its misery. No, let's put it out of our misery. <laughs> and he has now his second pickup in the last 24 years. He has his red little cute Toyota. During that, ten, that 24 years, I, I've tried to count. I've done it three times to keep coming with the same number. I thought it was more, but I've had 10 pickups. I love to change. Red does it. <laughs> Red teases me about, well, it's been six months. What are you going to do next? <laughs> Which one of us is right? Oh, no. It's not an issue of who's right and who's wrong. But there's sometimes that some of us want to change, and it's inappropriate to try to change something. And then there's a lot of the rest of us that we avoid that like the plague. And God wants us to do some changing. See, God is into change. Amen? Do you believe that? How are you going to grow in God and stay the same? How many of you know it's right to grow in God? But see, staying the same means we stay the same. You can write that down. It's pretty profound. And we're going to get the same set of situations 
results that we've always had if we're not willing to change. Let's give a definition of what change is. Change is to cause, turn, or pass from one state to another. Now, I'm not talking about Washington, Oregon. That's not the kind of state here. It's a condition. To alter, make different, vary in form, countenance, heart, or life. I'll do it one more time. Is to cause it to turn or pass from one condition or one state to another. To alter, to make different, to vary in form, to vary in countenance, to change or to alter heart, and ultimately your life. Now, in order to change, we have to give up what we've already been doing. When uh, you as parents of young children change diapers, we don't want you just to put another diaper on. We want you to get rid of the old one. Amen? When you say, oh, would you change the baby's diapers? It's not just something another on top of it. It's getting rid of the mm, right thing. When we change clothes, we just don't keep adding new clothes or additional clothes to your current clothes. Otherwise, I'd be 45 feet wide. We all have tools, and when we change the tool, we change it because we need a new tool to do this current job. I have a, a, a steel piece of equipment that I have three different attachments that fit to it, a weed whacker, an edger, and a blower. I cannot use two of those at once. I have to change by taking one off and put another one on. In order to do a godly change, there is a need to stop something and to accept something new, something fresh, and something different. So what's your attitude toward change? Do you resist it just because, I don't know, I just don't like it. Can I ask you why? Why don't we like change? See, some people, change is exciting. I just like to do something different, to do something different. I, I, I don't know, I, I could not work on an assembly line. I'd break it just so I could fix it or something. <laughs> to do the same thing. Now, my son, however, that, that would be his ideal job, the same thing, you know, just very consistent. It doesn't make one of us wrong and one of us right, it makes us different. But I am convinced that each one of us needs to have God's perspective on change, not to change just for change's sake, but be willing to do something different for God's sake. We've been talking about, and last week Robert did such a, a masterful job of portraying to us a lifestyle of evangelism as we've been talking. We cannot accept that by doing what we've always done. Can you say amen to that? 
It's not trying to add something on to something that exists. Just put another appendage on something. Change is often necessitating by stopping and then restarting with something that's different. Change. It's either a threat or an opportunity. How do you view it? Is it a threat? Like, I'm going to... Just keep things the same. See, some people's sameness is security. How many of you do the same thing on Mondays? Do the laundry on Mondays. I do clean the house on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, I go visit whatever. See, that's, for some people, that's security. Well, what happens when your plan, your week gets messed up with life? See, if your security is doing the same thing and not being willing to change, then your security is as fickle as life's challenges that come to us every day. Change. God says, if in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3 it says, if you do not change and become like, and he was describing a little child. A little child is just simply believes. Some years ago, we, we have chosen our family in ministry to live by trusting God to meet our financial needs, and we've done that gladly and willingly for the last 40 years. Uh, this year marks the 40th year we've done that, and God has provided. But there are times it's rather challenging. But one of the things I've learned is that because you trust God to meet your needs doesn't mean you shouldn't be a giver. And so God led me to give our car away. And we were carless. And we really needed a car. And so we were praying, oh God, provide a car. Oh God, provide a car. My son was seven. And he came up to me and he says, well, Dad, you go pick out the car. I'll pray in the money. And he didn't understand that was complicated. He didn't understand that was hard. But that's what happened. That's what happened. Because, see, that childlike faith, I just simply trust God, is the faith that he offers. I want to change and become more childlike. Not childish. I'm already arrived at that, but childlike in trusting God. Change. Now, there's some things that God has been speaking to Pastor Joshua and Jason about the future, and they're going to be unfolding and, and presenting to that. I'm not going to anyway get into it at all because that's not my place, that's theirs. But it's exciting, it's, it's new, and it will require that you do some changing. I'm letting you in on a little notice. We cannot do the same thing the same way and reach new heights, new levels, new victories, 
new successes. Because if we did the same ones, we'd only have the same successes. I want something new. How many want something new? Then we have to be willing to change to receive that new thing that God. Now, why, do, why should we change? See, some of you want to change too easily. You just change for change's sake. How many of you have a favorite restaurant? Okay, how many of you have two or three favorite restaurants? Try that one. Okay, much better. All right. How many of you have a thing at that restaurant that's your favorite? Not only your favorite restaurant, but your favorite thing. When you go to that restaurant, do you find it difficult to order anything other than <laughs> my favorite? Why don't we want to change what we order? Because I know it's good. I know it's good. I, 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 but, but if I order something else, I don't know the result. And that often keeps us from change. Because we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it won't be as good as some gong chung pung among whatever that is, that dish <laughs> at that restaurant. I used to travel to a, a place frequently in Arkansas, and there, there was this restaurant called AQ Chicken. And I'm not sure how it got its name, but that's the name of it. And they had this particular chicken dish called Over the Coals Lemon Pepper. It is to die for. In fact, I'm already getting hungry. I'm sorry, I gotta leave. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's just this dish that when I think about it, I begin to drool. Any, anybody been there? And I was back at that restaurant, that restaurant last summer. And we went in there and hadn't been there for, oh, a number of years. And I tried so hard to order something different. But I couldn't. Because I knew it was good. See, there's some things that are good that we do, we, we need not to change because we know what's right. There's some things that should never change. My love and priority for my family, that should never change. Amen? No, I can grow in depth, but the priority of it will never change. My commitment to the Lord Jesus and his lordship in my life will never change. It will grow, but will not change by having something to replace it. And there's some changeless things. Aren't you glad he's changeless? Aren't you glad that his character does not alter with moods? Aren't you glad this morning when you got up to pray then to find out what mood God was in before you prayed? He's changeless. And there's some things that should never change. But then there are some things that need to change. We change because it brings new opportunity. We change because it brings new life. We change because there's fresh and new vision. See, there's not many places in Scripture it talks about people perishing. But it says one, one of those is without vision. 
people perish. And see, a visionary is always person that's bringing suggestions for change. Amen? How many know what I, what I mean by a visionary? How many get, how many get irritated by visionaries? <laughs> like, come on, would you? It's okay to leave it the same for more than three days. Oh, but we desperately need people that challenge us to change that a new thing. But there's some things that hinder us from change. Willingness to change. Let me suggest a couple. Fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the what-ifs. The Bible says the only thing that the Bible talks about having torment is fear. Listen to me, please. Fear is never from God. How often? How often? So if you are fearful to change, may I suggest that is not an attitude that God wants to endorse. Because it's bound in an attitude that is not biblical and not sent and initiated from God. God is into change. Amen? God is into me changing. God is into you changing. But see, the challenge is, in relationships, I often think the other person needs to change more than I do. I mean, if my wife will get it, then I'll get it. <laughs> but it's fear often that prevents us and holds us back from the willingness to change. Would you just take a little bit of inventory of your own heart and when you resist change would you look at why and when it's fear you know you can break that fear you don't have to succumb to fear because fear is never of God again the sameness security for some people is doing the same thing on the same day every day of the week we have you know, fish on Monday and some kind of pasta on Tuesday. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because you'd be embarrassed. I would drive me crazy. Because I, you know, it depends on, you know, what, what do you feel like? But some people, they don't want to be based upon that. They want to base it upon what's secure. I know what's going to happen on Tuesday. That's not wrong, but that is restricting to God doing something new. Are you willing to change? Another hindrance is trying to avoid something. Like people. <laughs> How many of you have been going somewhere and seen somebody and taking a different route down the grocery store aisle? Don't raise your hand because every hand would go up. We avoid. I don't want to talk to them because, well, 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 I don't know. I just don't want to. And God is asking us to change that attitude. There's a man 
that was to be installed as a new pastor of a fairly large and substantial church here in the United States. And the day that he was going to be set in, he had borrowed the ability to put on a full-size beard and, and hair that hadn't been combed this century and dirty, tattered clothes, and he came in. And there were several thousand people there, and two people spoke to him. And he went, came down and, and sat like in the second row, and the ushers came and asked him if they would move to the back. And then when it came in some pomp and circumstance to introduce the new pastor, they, they, they knew who he was because they, you know, had, uh, he had been there and so they had selected him and they, they knew he was coming. This is exciting. It's going to be their first Sunday and we're new pastor. And so they introduced him and here this bum comes to the pulpit. And he had put on these clothes and he had then he just described what had happened to him that day. And he says, you're dismissed. See you next week. See, there's some change needed. See, that story just gripped my heart because I realized if that happened here, I'm not sure I'd been one of the two that spoke to the gentleman. I had to do some changing in my heart. But see, honestly, I avoid some people. Anybody want to admit that? I'm not sure God's into that. I'm not sure he avoids anybody. In fact, I'm sure he doesn't. So we avoid things, people. We avoid the potential hurt. Well, if I do that, maybe I'll get hurt. Yeah, that's true. But maybe you won't. And not being willing to change will keep you from being hurt, but it'll keep you in a hurtful situation. Because where we are isn't always good. We also, we don't want to change because these are uncomfortable situations. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And we resist it. And I don't want to change because I've made mistakes in the past in this area, and I don't want to do that again. How many of you know that avoiding something does not correct something? Amen? Now, what should change? I want to give you six possibilities. And I bet that this will apply to you. All six of them apply to me. And it will do no good if you listen to this and go out the door and do nothing about it. May I lovingly say, change does not happen unless we actively, intentionally pursue that which I know I need to do differently. So, first, opinion. How many of you ever have an opinion change? How many of you ever had an opinion of someone that you realized that you had, 
your evaluation was really inappropriate and wrong. You, you looked at someone and you, you judged by what you could see and then you got, oh my goodness, they're nothing like what I thought. Been there? So how do, how do we avoid that by not developing the opinion in the first place until we get to know them? We change opinion of just, uh, let me give you an example. Yesterday was at, I was at Resound. And just trying to help best I could and just being there. And, and someone said something to me that really hurt. <laughs> Thankfully this time it wasn't. Travis oh. said, oh, was it me? Well, of course it was always, no. I am. <laughs> and it just like, <laughs> and I found myself withdrawing. Anybody been there? And I just withdraw, and I just, I thought about going home. Anybody there? Are you with me? I thought about, well, I must ignore that person. And then I thought, no, I'll just sit here with my little group, and, and God just, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I had to change my attitude. You have the power to do that. Amen? But to keep it, to keep an attitude that you know will be destructive, will be destructive. And I would have had a rotten time if I hadn't changed. I had a great time. It was a great day yesterday. I want to be very honoring of my son-in-law. Where'd he go? Hey, change locations. Huh? <laughs> anyway, he took my shift in the dunk tank. <laughs> oh, glory to God. <clears throat> but it was just a great day. But I would not have had a great day unless I would have changed my attitude. May I challenge you to do some inventory, what you need to change. Repentance is change. Repentance means stop, turn around, and go the other direction. Habits. How many of you have some habits that you know aren't good? Okay. How are we going to change them? Just by doing the same thing. Not. By intentionally choosing to walk out that which I know God is putting on my heart. We change how we use money. Our attitude toward money how important it is, or lack of important, we change our choices. Now, I want to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to actually do it right now for those that would want to. I want you to write down three to five things that should never change in your life. Three to five things that should never change. And to look at them and to ponder them. Three to five things that should, should never change. God doesn't want it to change. You don't want it to change. 
three to five things. And then, you probably already got ahead of me, three to five things that you should change. I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to ponder that. If you don't have something to write on, would you at least spend a couple of minutes doing some evaluation and make at least a mental list? If someone beside you wants to write and you have some paper, you might want to offer it to them. But three to five things. that need, that we should never change, and three to five things that we need to be working on that should change. I'm going to sing some change music. Maybe not. <laughs> I did not give you enough time to finish that, so may I suggest that you continue that when you leave this place. Change is going to happen. You're not going to be able to avoid it. Change will take place. And you, your, your response to it will, be, will determine whether it will be difficult, how long it will take. It all depends upon do I welcome it, do I embrace it, or do I avoid it because I just don't like it. And one area that I want to just spend a couple of minutes encouraging us in. How many know what the model for this church is? I'll give you a hint. Look at the front of your bulletin every week. What does it say? Love God. Love others. Make disciples. All right? So we have spent, I don't know if you are aware of this, but we have spent quite a bit of time in the past talking about our relationship with God. And recently, it's about other people. We have been concentrating on evangelism. That's other people. But do you know that God made you to need other people? God did it. Who did it? Is he going to change his mind? Some of the loneliest people in the world are in the middle of a lot of people. It's not the absence of people that bring loneliness. It's the absence of relationships. And I want you to think about the three things both on each list. And I want to suggest that at least one of them in each of those lists have to do with relationships. Things that should never change and some things that you need to be working on. They have the need. In Genesis chapter 2, God had put Adam in this incredible place called the Garden of Eden. And it was absolutely perfect. There's a man by the name of Dr. Carl Baugh that recreated the Garden of Eden in miniature form about the size of this room. And don't ask me to explain it to you because it's way over my head. But he, he did an incredible research on what it was that made up, what the, what the atmospheric pressure was, what was the oxygen uh, quantity compared to carbon, etc. And he did all kinds of research, and I'm not sure how he came up with this, but he recreated it, and orange trees 
had a crop once a month, not once a year. The oxygen supply was several times more pure than it is today. I'm sure we've all watched athletic contests when a player goes aside and it takes a mask and breathes. What do they breathe? You know why they breathe oxygen? It's the quickest way to refresh your energy. Adam lived in this perfect environment. Not one thing had a negative effect. And the second thing about the Garden of Eden I'd like for us to observe is that sin had not yet come. Think about living in that place. Perfect environment and no sin. Anybody like to have a little holiday there? I'm going to go a place with perfect environment and no sin. What would you do? What would you wear? Nothing. <laughs> we have to wear clothes because, uh, never mind, we won't go there. <laughs> but that is where Adam lived, in this perfect world, absolutely without anything negative. And in chapter, eight, or chapter 2, verse 18 of Genesis, <coughs> excuse me, the Lord said to Adam, it is not good. Huh? How could something not be good in a perfect world with no sin? If we got the world back, wouldn't we have succeeded? God says, no. That's not what I'm after. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. And that word alone means without relationship. And as we are entering into a new phase as a church body, and again, Pastor Joshua and Pastor Jason are going to be sharing that with you in the weeks to come, I want to challenge you to embrace this because we need each other. I should hear someone say amen. amen. We need each other. That is, that is how God made us. And you're not going to change how God made you. And we need the value of each other's strengths. As a church body for the last several years, we have been intentionally moving from a leadership that's chronologically challenged, meaning older and dirt, <laughs> to a younger leadership. And that's been intentional and purposeful, where the old have determined to be less and the young have become determined to be more on the front. And that's, that transition has basically taken place. You know what? I don't like all the changes. There's some things I don't prefer from the young guys, but I desperately need them and want them, and I'm not going to let a preference divide me from my brothers. Because God has made us with the need for each other. I need you. I need you. And you need me. 
And that relationship grain that we have as a model for our church, love God, love others, I just want to challenge that that's an area that we can all change in and grow in deeper levels of relationship with each other. I value you. I need you. I love you. And I want to be in relationship with you. And that's purposeful. And I have to constantly change to adjust to that. Because... You know, if Red and I, the way we've done it all these years, we would have saved the world. But, you know, it hasn't happened yet. So he and I talk quite a bit of how, be quiet, let the younger guys do it. Isn't that a good thing? Those of you that are also in our age level, it's a good thing. Because we don't want to become just an old church. We don't want to become just a young church. We love the blending. Amen? And so what's happening, what God is bringing to us will require all of us to need each other more and to recognize the value and the strength of each other. And I challenge you to put that also on your change list of needing to do that. So remember, three to five things, three to five things that should never change. Amen? And then three to five things that you believe God is working on you that you need to change. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that you're into change. Not change just for change's sake, but because you see what we need and you always have our best interest in your heart. And Lord, I pray that we'll embrace those things that you are gently nudging our hearts that we need to grow in and to change. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Man. Have the prayer servant team come forward, please. This might be appropriate for some of you if the Lord's really tugging on your hearts and directing you uh, to, uh, to take some of this into action, to bring this to somebody and, and get some prayer. I think that'd be really appropriate. We also had a word. Uh, there, there might be somebody with a, a left ear ache. Um, and if that's, if that's you, please come forward and, and get prayer as well. Anything whatsoever, uh, come forward. I, I want to mention, too, by the way.